Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Hey, not too bad. Uh, let me share my screen so uh-huh. we can do a more visual podcast, which is kind of what we're planning on here going forward. We uh, tried it last week a bit, and uh, we'll keep going and getting better at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Try. So you can can you see my screen okay there, Dave? Yep, screen's good. All right. Um, so this was uh, the one week performance, and you can see that technology largely dominated along with communication services, which were more uh, Google and Meta and Netflix that uh, had a great week where T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, not so much. Um, so it was kind of haves and have nots there, but also Consumer cyclical, we had Amazon and Tesla uh, rocking. Now, there there is an article out on um, Tesla, you know, s- some caveats to its recent performance, like um, some headwinds that are on the horizon, which I think there's plenty of them. Um, so you might be wanting to look through that more in depth if you're a Tesla trader. Um, the healthcare and consumer defensive utilities uh, didn't didn't do so well. Utilities being the, one of the worst performers, so really ended up being a risk on week. It didn't sort of start like that. Like we had a little bit of follow through on the open on Monday from Friday's sort of late day rally, and you know it started it, it opened up and then it pulled back, and, and Monday and Tuesday were kind of. Uh, flopping around. Wednesday started to be uh, floppy, but then ended up uh, having a good late day rally. And that continued in Thursday and um, also uh, started that way Friday and then pulled back a little bit too. So, um, but as far as what people were buying, you know, regardless of the debt ceiling issues, regardless of banking concerns, regardless of, you know, growth and whether the the Fed is going to pause or where they're going to keep going, regardless of the inflation banter. Um, there was probably some other things in the mix too. Can't remember them all now, but in spite of that, they wanted to buy tech and they wanted to buy the money-centered banks for sure. And even uh, industrials and uh, some oil and gas stocks performed okay for the week. But utilities, not so much, down uh, on average uh, over 5%. So it's a big week that way. And consumer defensive, too, couldn't get a break. So so that was that. Uh, let's look at it from a sector you know, situation here to kind of show you how dramatic that was. And... Um, you know, on Friday in front of the weekend, energy um, did pick up a little bit, but for the for the whole week, it wasn't wasn't that strong. And uh, you know, uh, financials were an, an interesting performance for the week. Um, you know, in spite of st- uh, being mentioned that maybe more banking mergers are still necessary, which puts the question mark. You know, what other banks are out there uh, that are going to be failing, and is it really a a good deal for the bigger, stronger money center banks to go out and and uh, purchase those, or maybe be forced to purchase those. Anyway, so that's that. Um, 
let's let's roll over to what the futures are doing since they opened here. We have the Dow Jones futures, you know, opened and and popped up a little bit here. This is this is Friday's move that you can see. You can see that we uh, well, Friday was expiration, by the way, and and often you have the high. Uh, if we open up set on expiration like that we open down the low can often be set that's that's one tendency of expiration it's because of the forces uh on the in the options world that are uh, you know doing their thing and uh end up sort of pegging the, the open uh at a certain level and and often like i said it is the high of the day or the low of the day um so we did pull back and finish down a little bit but it's trying to it's trying to move up here so far let's look at the s p 500 again improving since it opened but uh, not out of the woods yet nasdaq the one that was so strong last week and for a number of weeks already with all the tech plays especially mega caps up 6.5 bucks or 0.05%. So it still uh, still wants to move. And Russell has been the weakest of the four recently. And um, it's still kind of flatlining here. Let's take a look at the fix. Fix is uh, moving back up to the 20 level. Let's just flip over to a day or daily. Here's daily just to see where we are with that. So not, you know, not near the low, kind of in the middle of a consolidation area here. I expect, expect volatility to stay fairly muted, even in spite of the controversies and things going on this week until the debt ceiling thing is settled. Um, okay, let's look at energy. Crude, not near the low, um, come, come off it. Pretty good. Uh, some potential still to uh, to move higher here. Um, it's been it's been pretty stable this last week. Let's look at bonds. Uh, they pulled back, which means that rates were rising. The yield was uh, moving up slightly this last week. So that kind of argues a bit against a pause. I mean, because we have the June meeting that we're looking forward to. So this move last week kind of argues against that a bit. And it's a 10-year, same thing. Let's go take a look at gold, how it's been uh, responding to these things. So the 1950 level, uh, I look at as support. And I look at the 2050 as more of a resistance area. So we're sandwiched between that and um, it's holding up okay and if there's real uh, concerns and problems we may see uh, a rally on that i do like looking at opportunity to buy the pullbacks in the gold patch and um, silver same thing it's in the middle of this consolidation that we had in december to february and uh, that's a good support level for it to be at so there's some upside potential on that as well. Copper is the your recession metal, whether there's recession or not. It's indicating that it's not extreme fear of that. Uh, 
maybe softer landing type of thing and uh, could move either way. But but this just signals that uh, there's no major concern at the moment. It's been chopping sideways here. And the US dollar, which plays into how the base metals do, uh, especially um, in terms of negative correlation. Um, it's had a move up here, again, the corresponding with the decline in the bonds and the rise in the interest rates. So it's everything's in keeping there. And, um, you know, it's had had this bit of a move for the last week. So certainly could pull back a little bit or just chop around. I don't think we're at a place where there's going to be massive moves in it other than, again, issues with this debt ceiling thing that could could change that. But everything gets resolved. Um, it probably will make a lower high and decline after that. Okay, um, Dave, let's go through some things uh, that you have. I'm going to pull, pull something up on the screen here. And then after that, I want to teach on something that's um, kind of interested relate, relating to the five-day swing trade symbols. Um, but first, I'll pull up this. Okay. Yes, yeah, is so that. Can you tell me about uh, the ETFs for this uh, next five trading days? Well, this actually, this is the last five trading days of the month, right? Yeah. So the last five trading days of the month start on Wednesday because next Monday is Memorial Day holiday. So this Wednesday, we have three days this week and then two days of next week. So of the, the ETFs, which are expected to do better or worse during this period, it's really a lot of the risk on NASDAQ stuff. We have the SOX, which is CHIPS. SMH is also their CHIP ETF. ARCKK, that's your high beta, high growth, um, XLY. Uh, we also have retail in there, XRT. So a lot of the, um, the, the growthier stuff is expected to do better than things like materials. On the, on the weaker side, we have oil, USO. XLE and gold. So a soft, so weakness in materials and gold and oil, and stronger in technology and high beta. But of the last five days, it's days one through four that are more robust, um, where you can expect these ETFs to do better than not. And the final days, it's uh, a weak day, um, it's a little bit weaker. It tends to sell off the final day. Um, what's the next slide? Yeah. Okay. So um, just a question on this is, you know, looking at uh, the pullback that we had on uh, gold and that corresponding GDX, GDXJ. Um, so I would, you know, I would lean on what this is saying um, going into those last five days. So maybe the next two days, um, you know, could be a bit different than this because we've just had a good risk on week. So we might have it you know, just kind of take a bit of a pause on, on some of these and, and rest. SMH, I know that there's a deal, something going on with Micron. So there's, we're in a bit of trade wars here uh, with China. And so China said that Micron chips are not secure. So this is kind of a backlash thing. That might impact SMH and SOXX. So I want to I want to flag those right now just because of that weekend news with Micron. So um, let's be let's be a bit cautious here. The other um, thing that it can, can affect SMH and SOX this week is um, earnings on Nvidia, right? Okay. So that could also dictate how we do. That's going to be midweek midweek this week. So 
Now, if I was if I was conjecturing, I would I would say Nvidia probably is going to be strong. Now, again with earnings, it's the context of how you get there. Uh-huh. So you're coming up to earnings. Is the stock already you know pricing everything in? Is it just on a rampage up? Uh, if that's the case, then I would be really cautious for the actual earnings event. If on the other hand, it's you know channeling, it's sideways or it's at a discount then i wouldn't be as concerned um but you you are good to point that out because um you know those do factor in i'm I'm just thinking of like nvidia in the current ai you know Mm -hmm. self-driving car all i mean you know all these areas that nvidia is uh you know plugged into pardon the pun i mean you look at the chart from January, it's a straight line up and we're at the high end of that range, but it's got AI at its back and uh, it's it's like the new Tesla. It's the most loved stock. <laughs> right. But I mean, it could be, you know, it could it could meet expectations that are you've seen priced in and still drop just because, well, it didn't need it. Right. Correct. That's always yeah. a, a potential problem. Um, but anyway, um, so we'll say like. This is what the seasonality suggests. There could be arguments against any one of these, right? Um, same thing with, you know, Gush and, and uh, you know, XOP and just uh, the commodity area here. So what this is saying is that generally at the last five days of May, we have technology and discretionary that performs well. And commodity-based stuff and more defensive stuff performs poorly, okay? That's what the theme is showing us here. But then what is the macro saying? What is the news context? Does it agree or disagree? Or as we approach the five-day window, what is really out of line compared to what's being suggested? So for example, if we get a massive route in SOX and SMH in the next two days ahead of the five-day window, then I might be looking for, you know, a nice discount and actually find a find a good price. It could happen on Wednesday, the first day of the five day seasonality. Could find a a good opening discount on uh, some of the semis or the ETFs in general here, and that might be the play, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you you know, take everything with with the context and uh, you know, n- not put all the weight just in seasonality, but but really be balanced about that. Okay, I'll go to the next slide here. So this is the last five trading days of the month. Yeah, that's, before, that's the showing Q's. the last five days yeah. versus the three day. So the, of, right. of, of the last five days, it's really that days one through four that yeah. are more robust. The last day is kind of a deleveraging day. And um, the queues really are expected to do quite a bit better than this, the spider. and I'm looking at the SMH versus the spider. That's even more robust than the Qs. So the last five days for the SMH is plus 2.72%. The last three days is 1.89%. So um, that's what the, the Almanac says. And it's really strong in chips normally. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, this last trading day of the month being down for the Qs and a SPY is in keeping with what generally happens you know, nine out of twelve last days of the of, of the month for the year. Like, you know, of, of all the months, nine of them are, are showing this way. So May is one of those. Just out of curiosity here, we have um 
Um, let's, let's just take a look at what the queues have actually done for the month so far. Pull that up there, Dave. Okay. So the so the queues and the spy. So what have they done month to date? Let's see. Queues. What says on the for the month six point four percent. I'm trying to find month per date. Well, for the month for the month of May so far. It's showing six point four percent for the queues. So it exceeded what was expected. So here, you know, I mean, this is the whole problem with, and we, we talked about this before on our podcast day. We said the sell in May and go away thing is something they like to put out there and, and sort of, you know, scare people and, you know, and, and think it's news and stuff. And that's not what our data showed typically happens in May. Um, it's more more robust than that, and it wouldn't surprise me if if the opposite actually comes through. And what have we been seeing for some of these mega caps? They've actually been buying them. Mm -hmm. Look at what look at what Meta's done. Look even what Tesla's done this month, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's very just very interesting, right? The 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 media sensationalism and what really happens. So that's why I like I like being data driven. And again, there's a balance between the stats and maybe the macro that's currently in play too okay um and the last image here we have is what's actually happened here on these etfs yeah it's just showing like on the week a lot of strength in the tech and um a lot of weakness in the classic defensive things like utilities and staples and healthcare so it shows it shows a risk on backdrop for this past week uh yeah yeah, well, so there's the cues. Um, we've got year to date at 26%, and for the month so far, 6.4, as you said. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then look at uh, you know XLU. It's it's been bad all the way through this year so far. So certainly a very different different year than what we had in the last quarter of last year. The, the utilities were doing pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. So actually, no, it was the first, it was the middle of the, it was the summer and into September and stuff. The utilities were doing really well. They actually started to sell off at some point in the year too. But um, there's there's the way the mean reversion comes in. So you see some excessive performance sometimes and that just turns over and, and changes. Anyway, um, let's go to look at these uh, charts that I was going to show you here. Okay. We're going to talk about it with Josh on um, Wednesday, I believe, more in depth. But um, I wanted to show something here. So these, I'm just going to go through the long candidates of our five-day swing trade. But what I want to point out is what happens with signal-to-noise and gaps on the open. So look at CHX here. So it had a nice, it had a nice move up off of the Tuesday low. And then on Friday, it gapped, it gapped significantly up. Okay. Now, a lot of people, when something is gapping up like that, they think it's going to continue to go higher, right? They don't know what to do if they're if they were had to buy it or something, they wouldn't know what to do. In this case, it was one of the longs and it would have been an opportunity to sell it. So in hindsight, you're looking at this and going, well, that would have been a great opportunity to sell. So Again, it's expiration morning. A lot of things are 
opening and that might be the high of the day or or the low of the day or whatever. Um, in this case, it was the high of the day pretty much. And it pulled back. Great opportunity to sell and lock that profit. But how it gets to that gap is the context that I need to try to communicate here. So this gap was, you know, significant related to how it normally moves. And it was after a long, uh, you know, a long move up already. So this would not be an occasion to go and buy that particular stock with that type of gap, okay? On the other hand, it could be an opportunity to sell and, and shows that it was. Now let's compare that kind of a gap with this one down here, CTLT. Now look what happened here. This was completely sideways and then it had an earnings event. So it had a catalyst and it gapped up out of the channel. Now that's a very significant gap. But why would this be more of a case to buy than this would have been on a gap up? It's how it gets there. It's the context of how it gets there and what it's been doing before that. So this was doing absolutely nothing. Then it has an earnings event and it gaps up significantly. You gotta think about whether there was a lot of short interest, you know, who's getting squeezed, who says, oh man, I didn't, didn't realize that that was, thing was on fire with earnings, I'm gonna buy that. So this would be an argument that it could be something that's go with, even though it's a big gap like that. This here is high signal, low noise, right? trends. So if you're long something like this, you don't want to sell it when it's doing that. You want to wait for this type of event, a gap, a gap after a long trend. That could be all she wrote. That could be the end of the move. Okay. Here's a, a situation on IFF. Came off the bottom on Wednesday and starting to starting to build. So if you were long it, it wouldn't be a, a situation that you'd want to sell right away just because of how it's coming off the bottom and it's essentially mean reverting back to where it came from. So if you did pick up another layer on this or you had your first layer and you get back to break even or a little bit of profit, not necessarily you know, a good time to take it just because of, again, the context of where it's come from and how it's gotten back up to that level, right? Here's another case here of Tuesday's low and nice signal to noise ratio all the way up to Friday's gap open, which wasn't huge, but still, again, it would have been a great time to sell it. So a nice long trend on SWK. So just be mindful, look at how different, you know, look how different this is, HIW, this is CHOP. This is, you know, volatility, choppiness, you know, nothing, nothing to really sink your teeth into as far as uh, trend. Very different than this COHR here. And very different than SWK. Okay. Here's another one, Twilio. So a nice, you know, trend up as well. You've got some moving averages for reference if you want, but 
again, doesn't really pay to take profit. This was a profitable trade because we got in at the open down here. This was very profitable, but it doesn't pay to take it off when the signal to noise ratio is you know, so robust and there's no big gap or you know, number that you've hit or whatever. Now, another thing is Wayfair here. It came off the bottom that it hit on Tuesday and it got up to a high here on Thursday. And then Friday, it actually opened down and started to sell off. So that's an, that could be another flag for you for when to sell something that you're profitable on when it, um, you know, didn't continue the trend or didn't have a gap up, but the reverse happened, it gapped down and something's going on. So it, it just didn't give you any any real bounce at all. So just bear that in mind, just trying to give a few examples of if you want to do some string trading, this can also apply intraday for you for uh, some of your trades open to close, but um, the signal to noise ratio for sure. But on the gaps, that's something that you're probably going to be dealing with if you're in a swing trade and you have it occur, either gapping in your favor or gapping against you. Remember. How did it get there? How much of a gap, you know, is at the end of the move? These are things you want to be aware of. So hopefully that provides some insights. Any questions, Dave? No, no, that's good stuff. Yeah. All I right. do have economic reports and earnings to talk about real quick. Okay. Do you have uh, anything to show on the screen on that or not? No, it's just um, in general, this is the themes of the week are some Fed speak on Monday or Tuesday. We have S&P um, services and manufacturing on on tuesday as well wednesday is the fomc minutes and then thursday friday there's a home sales data and some inflation data and personal spending so again it's um how the consumers holding up and some fed speak and housing is the theme and the key earnings for the week on tuesday we have lows that's going to show us how people are improving their home still or spending money on the house and then wednesday nvidia so that's going to affect the chip sector and ai stocks and on Thursday, Dollar Tree, so how the, the lower end consumer is holding up. So those are the main earnings that are out there and um, economic reports. Okay. And Monday's a holiday for uh, Canadian uh, stock markets. So that means things that are duly listed, they trade on both Toronto and New York. You don't have them obviously trading on Toronto. Um, also, Canadian institutions are offline. So that may reduce a bit of the volume that occurs on the New York uh, NASDAQ markets. So keep that in mind. Could be a little bit of a light volume day. We've still got this uh, debt ceiling overhang because we had a pause on Friday regarding the discussions. And I think they were supposed to pick up some of it tonight, but um, obviously we don't have any, any more news. So um, I know some of the markets around, but China's actually probably going to be okay, um, but some of the other markets might be softer as they're waiting for the uh, debt discussions to to resume and see where we are with that. So, all right. Well, thanks for uh, listening in, and uh, I hope that helps with us showing a little bit of stuff on the screen. All right, Dave, have a good, uh, good trading day tomorrow, and uh, we'll catch you later. Good luck, man.